All right, welcome into the Fezic Focus podcast here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, obviously, we're all on one feed. Subscribe. What if you aren't subscribed? What are you doing? We got the golf pod. We've got the college football pod. I'm getting close to locking down the college basketball pod, and of course. Every week we sit in here for several hours breaking down every game in the NFL. That'll be the next podcast that comes down your line. But this is the one where I get to sit here and pick Fezzik's brain. Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest winner. I have a stupid question. Ask it, This man. is terrible. Right. What does subscribe mean? Subscribe means you get everything that comes out on the feed. So you will get notified every time this feed drops a new podcast. How do I subscribe? You go to your podcast player and you push the subscribe button. Couldn't be simple. Simple as that. Outstanding. So it's so easy. Even Fezzik can figure it out. I mean, and he's not technologically advanced. So this is a, this is a, a real opportunity for you guys. All right. This is week six of the NFL. We're starting to see some separation. We're starting to find out who's good. We're starting to find out who's, who was phony early on. Uh, some of these teams that everyone was really jacked about early in the season, Carolina, Denver, suddenly we're going Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. <laughs> suddenly we're going. Really? Or do, was that was that real? So I, I like that part of the year where we really start to see. Once you've got enough of a sample size and you've seen a team play five games, nobody's played a five game schedule where it's been five scrubs or five awesome teams. Like everybody's kind of run the gamut now so we can we give a better idea of where they all fall into place. And that brings us to your power rankings, which every week you update them. Who are some big movers and shakers this week? So Buffalo takes over the number one spot, and I think I'm not on an island there. You had them much. in number one last week, right? I did. I did. Okay. So I bumped them up six and a half points better than an average team, and thus their rating is 136.3. No, it's six and a half. Um, <laughs> but just my pet peeves. If someone out there can explain to me why so many other people just randomly have all these crazy numbers. Now, I get it. People struggle with minus numbers. So I'm going to give you a pass if you have 100 being average. I'm not giving you a pass if 77.4 is average. Just make zero average. It's it's what I can tell you 50 years from now, everyone's power ratings, an average team will be rated at zero. So just do it now. Okay. Uh, RJ on Straight Out of Vegas said that no win told him more about a team this season than Buffalo's win over the Chiefs. Like, it was a real... He didn't believe in them as a Super Bowl contender, and now he's convinced they are a real Super Bowl contender with that win. Yeah, and Buffalo, you know, pounding teams like Houston, how much do we really learn about that? But going on the road, hostile place at Arrowhead, and dominating the game, I think, does speak volumes to... Right now, Buffalo's the best team. Now, the, the tricky part of this is in terms of futures... Are they going to be the best team in January? We don't know that. You know, I'm just evaluating where they are right now. I will say this. One thing Buffalo's doing, especially on defense, is they are rotating a lot of guys in and out. And their defense has been successful because they've been keeping guys fresh. I think that may be a benefit to them late in the season. You know, when guys don't have you know, 85, 90% of the snap count throughout the season, when they're hovering more around 65, 70% of snaps played, Come January, those guys have fresher legs, and it also builds up a depth to where if one guy goes down, it's not like, oh, no, what do we do? What do we do? I think there's it's it's really smart the way the Bills are 
are, are moving guys in and out of their rotation on defense. I think it's just it's a good idea in general, and we see that with the gas defense, and they can't stop if anyone. You've got, if you've got the personnel to do it, and you know, and even if you've got a superstar like a Donald or a Bosa that can stand up to you know b- b- have a positive impact each and every play. Taking them, taking them off the field 25% of the time probably makes sense where now they know they don't need to take a playoff and they can just bring it on each and every play. I'm surprised more teams don't do that. Well, and especially when teams are in blowout situations. Like, if you're up by 20 points, Aaron Donald doesn't need to be on the field. Get, it, sure. get him out of there. Sure. Uh, you still have the Tampa Bay Bucks at number two. Now, is is – them being a half point worse than the Bills. I assume if you had if the Bills played the Bucks today on a neutral and the line was pick 'em, you would take the Bills. I, I, I does this six being a, a half point worse than Buffalo imply that this is what Tampa would be at full strength? It's where Tampa Bay is currently. Oh, really? Right? This okay. is all current numbers. So yes, if they played on a neutral site, I would make the Bills a half point favorite. I think that I think most people would agree with that. I think the market would you know, um, not disagree. If, I mean, if Tampa was catching two, for instance, I think the entire world would bet Tampa plus two right now. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I just feel like with the secondary issues that Tampa has, right, I think Tampa has still has the potential to be the best team in December. Tampa uh, caught a whole lot of support last week, you know, laying 11 against a Miami team that's not a complete and utter bottom feeder and ultimately the markets were right. So even with the secondary banged up, you know, look at that line move. I'm curious, and we'll get to the Dolphins. The Dolphins may be a bottom feeder. Like, what, what, the has there been a team that you've downgraded more since the beginning of the season than the Dolphins? Because I know from the Super Bowl odds, there's no team that was higher in the Super Bowl odds that's lower in the Super Bowl odds now than Miami. Yeah, so five-point downgrade. I had Miami an above-average team, one point better, now four points worse. I don't care if Tua plays. Um, there's there's not, not much difference. There's a big talk about, oh, they'll be better with Tua. Tua's not going to be a fully 100%. He'll be the same as Brissett. They're both bad quarterbacks. Yeah. This is. Do you feel this season, we, we don't really talk, uh, it, it, we usually don't get into direct matchups on this pod, but do you feel like, them going to to London right now to play this Jacksonville team, which the Jacksonville team used to traveling to Jacksonville or used to traveling to London. They do it every year. You feel like this is maybe a spot where the Jags have a chance to do something? It's interesting because the number one lesson from last week, I would say, is don't bet on distracted teams and distracted coaches, Jacksonville and Las Vegas qualified. So does not Jacksonville remain in that category um, also, Do they remain there until Urban Meyer's fired? Or? Yes, which okay. may well be on. <laughs> it might be this week. On, by Sunday Night Football. Um, you know what, Urban? <laughs> Urban, just uh, no hurry flying home with the team. You, no. you, you, you go ahead and stay with the with the uh, with the kids and with his in, grandkids in, in London. England. Yeah, yeah. Um, London favorites have done very well, sixteen and ten against the spread uh, since two thousand and seven. So. Um, in general, when two teams go to London, the team that's supposed to win knows it, and maybe they take it a little more seriously. So who are the teams in your power rankings now that you feel like you're you're being cautious with? Like maybe you want to move them up more, but you, you're saying, uh, I'm not going to rush. I'm not going to do anything rash. Who are the teams that you feel like maybe you have low, but you're you're being patient on it? Dallas and the Chargers. That's the two I was hoping you would say, because that's the two that stick out to me as like these teams might be elite. Uh, it, there's a there's a real possibility that both of them are. They both have elite quarterback play right now, uh, and 
I, oddly enough, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's, it's going to make me feel weird to say it. Dallas is really well coached right now, and I don't know how. I, I don't know if it's necessarily McCarthy because I still think he's a boob, but it seems like whatever they're doing on offense, it's really well schemed. They've got something figured out there. Yeah. Um, what it may not be so much other than just being about the Jimmies and the Joes and the fact Could they got be. they got some really good personnel. And so let's see how they do now. The Cooper's banged up and gallops out. And so now they only have one of their three elite wide receivers um, going. But 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 you know Zeke being healthy is a huge difference. He's not a liability like he was last year. And so now you got two really good running backs, and you got Dak back. So you got that you, a juggernaut on offense, and the defense playing better. Uh, currently, I have, I have Chargers ninth and Dallas tenth. Before everyone throws me under the bus, I both those teams three and a half points better than an average team. So they're both one point away from being the fourth best team. Basically, you know, one or two more good weeks, and um, you know, I go back to you know the Chargers picked up every fourth down. And they were correct on every one of those decisions to go for it, but they also picked every single one of them up. What are the odds of that? What are the odds of it is a good question, but I will say this, and and maybe my favorite thing about Justin Herbert, he is so cool on these fourth downs. Like, and and you've always talked about don't you know don't call a timeout and then go out there. Know that if you know if you get to this yard line, you're going for it on fourth down. Have a play in mind already. And Justin Herbert, when he gets up to that, like once third down's over and they don't get it, he goes up to that line like it's second down, and he is really, really comfortable at that moment. I, that's maybe the most impressive thing about Herbert to me. Asking a young quarterback into those pressure situations as often as Staley has this year, I've been really impressed with that. Well, Staley's making it easy for Herbert. I give credit to Staley because basically he's got to play, and when he yells, Hippo, Hippo, that means we're going for it, and you need to snap the ball within 12 seconds. And the beauty of that, they don't actually say Hippo, is that the defense is still celebrating, stopping you, and they're getting ready to run off the field and bring the the kick return team out, and it completely puts them um, out of their game because they think they've stopped you. So... Now they're going to. Other teams are going to start adjusting to this and not being so vulnerable. But um, yeah, the 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 slow developing. Hey, let's and the worst case scenario. Let's call a timeout so my opponents can really review my tendencies on fourth and threes and play the. I get the optimal play call against me on defense. Don't call a timeout. Just get out there. You should have practiced this before. You should have five or six plays that are good fourth down plays. Fourth and eight. Fourth and five. Fourth and three. And use them. Now. I'm going to write down on my little sheet of paper here a couple of teams that I, I want to know if you think if you've been hesitant to move them down because I've I've got two teams in mind that I feel like you are probably higher on than I am right now and I want to see if there's been any teams that you've hesitated to drop further than you have. Sure. Who who are your two give me two teams. Give me the two that you feel like they maybe should be a little bit lower. But based on reputation or whatever, you're not willing to drop them there yet. Vegas, okay, Carolina, the two teams that started three and zero and that like have looked lousy the last two weeks. I've got them both well below average teams, minus one half and minus two. Maybe I should have dropped them further. You know, based upon the last two weeks, probably tell me more than the first three. Maybe I got to do a weighted average of their season, not counting each game the same. In fact, maybe 
week one does week even matter week one you know so, there's so much with so little preseason so um both of those teams uh maybe new england um uh, i still have new england I think higher than the market. I have them as an average team, and I don't think most people consider them to be an average team. New England was one of the ones I had circled here. Uh, The other two that I've kind of looked at, I mean, I don't know where you can really drop them to, but Kansas City, the the questions about their defense have to be real at this point. I mean, they're not... They're not just a mediocre defense or a below-average defense. They're the worst defensive team in football can you be an elite team if you are the worst on defense? It's a great question. So just last week, correct me if I'm wrong, Kansas City's laying three at home against Buffalo. They were. Right? Well, Buffalo's my best team in the NFL. All right? And home team field is not worth three. So if Kansas City's laying three against the best team, they are the best team. So that's what the market is saying at that point in time. Maybe the market would have said, well, you know, Tampa Bay is the best team in Buffalo, second best. But they would have had Buffalo top three. So am I suddenly going to move them out of the top five because of one bad performance, one really bad performance in the rain, kind of quirky in the second half with, uh, with what went down? But um, maybe so. Um, it all comes down to they, just, they were just never competitive in that game. How much do I wait one game? We, uh, the most recent one versus a body of work where they went what twenty two and two straight up, right? Um, and maybe hey, that was in the past. Their defense can't. I'm the one that keeps telling you that defense can't stop anyone. Buffalo's better. Well, am I willing to say Dallas is better now? No, not yet. Where do you line that game? Where do you think? Actually, I shouldn't ask you where you line it because your power rankings are right here. Where do you think it would be lined if they replayed that game today? Pick them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other team that I'm I'm not sure about, and you've already I'm sure you've dropped them significantly since the beginning of the season, but I I don't know if there's much positive to say about Indianapolis right now. I, I mean, obviously they showed a little bit of life against Baltimore, but at the same time, they blew that game against Baltimore that they should have like had in their pockets and walked home with. You know, the positive I would say is that. You know, maybe the buy signs blinking a little bit on Indy, although this is a short week, so I don't know, necessarily want to back them now. But here's a team where they start out. Wentz is the broken foot. Uh, Nelson has the broken foot. You know, they're um, they're all banged up. And if you look at the way that Carson Wentz is playing right now, he's starting to come around. He's starting to play like a good quarterback. Um, the running game looks really good. Multiple pieces there. Um, the offense looked exceptional against Baltimore. I don't think the defense is that bad. Didn't it just seem like the defense ran out of gas yeah. in the fourth quarter? Yeah. They, they played three good quarters. And how different is, is the narrative if they just stop one of those crummy two-point conversions? Now all of a sudden we're like, or hey. If they, or if their kicker's healthy. And, yeah, and the idiot, ma- yeah, the idiot kicker with the displaced hip. That yeah. you know, like, like um, if, if Blankenship makes that, now all of a sudden – we're like they they win probably win by six because Baltimore probably takes a field goal with forty five seconds left and we're like Indy's back baby and I'm sweating out my under nine and a half season win bet as opposed to why won't they cash it already? I'll ask you about the the two teams that have been hardest for me to to get a feel for what they really are if they're good if they're not good and see how you came to your conclusion. Minnesota is the first one. I, I don't know what to make of Minnesota. I've seen some positive things from them. They seem to be a team that finds a way to lose games. Uh, but clearly there's some skill, there's some talent there. 
And right when you start to think, okay, they're they're about to really start shining, they have two two weeks in a row where their offense, which was elite through three weeks, suddenly can't do anything. What what do you make of Minnesota right now? It's disturbing that after the poor performance against a really good defense in Cleveland, that they come up empty against Detroit. That's very, very disturbing. Defense, is it starting to come around? It appears so. Mm. Bottom line is, if Detroit just, you know, hits a little, you know, shortened kickoff instead of kicking in the end zone, no one listens to me. <laughs> well, and, and Minnesota, like, the the – the final score in that Minnesota Detroit game is a little misleading because should Minnesota, have been thirteen to three. Yeah. Minnesota was up ten with like three minutes left in the game, but the, they fumble the ball when they're like trying to run out the clock. Like, that's just that's the kind of stuff that loser teams do, and, and, I, and like, that's what the Texans do. Yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise you the Texans lose a game that way, but it certainly shouldn't be the case um, with a really well coached, what we consider a really well coached team. Well, it's interesting. So Minnesota and Carolina. Uh, we can have a conversation, which is the better team? And I have Minnesota, the slightly better team. Minnesota's laying one at Carolina. So what that's saying is that the market, they be, they believe in Kirk Cousins and Zimmer big time. The fact that they can be laying on the road at Carolina in this spot means the markets think Minnesota is at least an average team, and I don't think so. The other team in that grouping for me is Cincinnati. And they, they're, again, another team that's shown some flashes but another team that could have lost. I mean, four of their games have been decided by three points on the nose. Like all of their games are close. I don't really know if they're if they're good or if they're frauds. The game against Jacksonville really looks bad right now. It does. The fact they got their butts kicked so bad in that first half. And now that's a, a Thursday night game. So I always give a little bit grace, a little bit of grace on the Thursday night games. I, I don't to the home team. Okay, the home team gets no grace. The road team gets the grace if they want to, you know, have the bad uh, experience. And you know, what, and what's interesting looking back on it, I'm sure Jacksonville must have known their coach was probably bailing on them after he probably didn't <laughs> want that to be a surprise to the team. Hey, I'm not on the plane. Did he get fired? He probably told them. So they're probably. Maybe maybe I'm overreacting that there should have been repercussions that way, but I could have seen Jacksonville laying an egg, not Cincinnati. And by the way, for all those media experts that are like critical of Jacksonville going for it fourth and, and goal from the one, that is just so stupid. Quit your job and just go work construction. You know, I'm I'm so sick of the media criticizing someone that goes for it on fourth and one. It's it's like what what basic one oh one stuff is these coaches are fossils and dinosaurs and they're not aggressive enough. And now you're gonna be critical of someone that goes for it fourth and one. You stink. You stink. Figure out what you're doing. Go talk to some analytics teams. Bottom line is you go for it fourth and one. You go for four and fourth and two. Hashtag Staley, hashtag coach of the year. Okay, Brandon Staley, coach of the year. Here's my question for you. It's about a futures scenario rj the other day put me on the spot and said well you you should want if you love the chargers so much you should want them to win that division right with the chiefs looking bad and i was like yeah i guess i did plus 275 i just it didn't feel like great value Mm -hmm. to me at the time of course of course today if you gave me plus 275 i'm all over it that number is gone now we're looking at plus 110 for the chargers to win the division could you make an argument that a Brandon Staley coach of the year bet at four to one, and there's some plus four fifties out there, is akin to a Chargers win the division bet. If the Chargers win the AFC West, the AFC West, I feel like Brandon Staley is almost a lock to win coach of the year. 
Yeah, it's a great point because if you look at the teams on top of my power ratings, Buffalo, Tampa, Rams, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore, all of them are supposed to be good. So now you just Kingsbury's the first guy that I'm worried about because here's an Arizona team that was supposed to be a 500 team. So from the perspective of wins versus expected wins, Kingsbury, Brandon Staley, uh, no one's going to vote for McCarthy. He's 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 unimpressive. Spends too, certainly spends too much time at the Ponderosa to get to get the media to vote for him. Um, and by the time we go down to number twelve. Uh, or Sean Payton, and and there's a you fall off the cliff after the top ten. Only ten teams can win the Super Bowl: Buffalo, Tampa, Rams, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore, Arizona, Green Bay, Chargers, and Dallas. After that, you've been eliminated. Yeah, I don't see anybody else as I look at this list. I I, I don't see anyone who I'd say, well, maybe them. But and Kingsbury is not respected. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. And I'm, we're busy grinding over here in the research department on the new super sheet, but. What, what odds are you going to give me on the field? I'll give you eight to one. Eight to one? Sure, because you're you're because I like you. Want to go a grand? Sure, you can have them all. Oof. Ooh. I, I don't know if I'm that confident. I have well, to do you just threw it out there. You said know, you want to like go. It. Let's talk about it tomorrow. I think I might want to do it. But you're not it. confident. If like if you weren't confident, you'd say okay, I'm down for two hundred and eight to one. But I'm not saying I've done the numbers. I've, I've done the work, and I and I think that twelve percent of the time it's going to win. But I I do like. The field, so I'll, I'll get back to you. But I like it. So yeah. here's here's my question, Mackenzie. If you like the field, well, hold on. Can I do twenty bucks? <laughs> You're in. <laughs> Thank I, you. I don't know if that eight to one's going to be there tomorrow, Mackenzie. Uh, and that's fair. And that's fair. It's so, totally fair. So here's my question, Mackenzie. Of, of outside of those top ten, is there a team that you're certain is even going to make the playoffs? No. No, not at all. But teams that almost miss the playoffs, like the 2011 Packers, win the Super Bowl all the time. Okay. Well, Packers had carried a pretty high power rating throughout the year. They were year, great. They, were, they deserved to win the Super Bowl, but they had to win on the road because, for whatever right. reason, the regular season, they hadn't been there the whole time. What did the Packers have at quarterback that year? They had a great quarterback. Pretty good. Is there a great quarterback that's not in the top 10? The 2000 Ravens didn't have a great quarterback. I mean, this, it, 11 5 teams win the Super Bowl all the time. The Giants, the 2009 Giants, and the, both the time the Giants won. All right. Well. Yeah, get, 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 I mean, this might be a great putt bet for us. It might be exactly you, even money. You know, this is a, this is a great. It'd be, it'd be a fun role for me. This is a great point because if I go back to the year 2000 and we did the same exercise, and I said after week five, what teams outside the top ten power ratings won the Super Bowl? I think there was two of them: the Giants. I don't think anybody else has. Yeah. You know, in terms of the eight to one, um, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, the final power ratings, but the week four power ratings are. They to, they'd be out of the top ten though. Would any Super in week, Bowl in week four after week five after five games? Can you think of anybody that was that had fallen that far? Not, I not can't. Off, not off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't. All right, let's continue. Yeah, well, what about the Buccaneers when they lost thirty-eight to zero? They were they were borderline top ten at that point in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, and so is Dallas and the Chargers, and either one of them can win the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. <laughs> All right. Well, so do you, do you think I'm right that if if the Chargers win the AFC West, it's better for me to to get let's bet this plus 400 on Staley. Yes, let's obviously we're not going to be you know, we're not going to do a double dunk dunk and and take plus 110 on something that we could have gotten 3 to 1. We should bet we should bet that coach of the year and I'm guessing 
actually, I'm guessing the plus 475 is like it's some, you know, um, uh, Congo sports book that has small, has low limits or maybe Swiss, the Switzerland sports book. I don't think we can bet that for any real dollars. Okay. Right? Well, I, I just, I'll look around. I, I feel like betting Staley to win coach of the year is basically the same bet as Chargers to win the AFC West at this point. And he's bringing, I agree, and he's bringing a unique perspective that we've never seen before and coaches like that tend to get rewarded with coaches of the year when they're doing things other coaches aren't doing because there's nobody else you mentioned Kingsbury and I guess you could say McCarthy that are in the top 10 right now that are outperforming preseason expectations yes so if you look at the guys in the top 10 who are doing better than we thought they would be doing right now I mean Buffalo's a better team than we thought they'd be but if you told you told me at the beginning of the season Buffalo's four and one. Okay, that sounds about right. Uh, I, I think that Arizona, the Chargers, and the Cowboys have all exceeded market expectations, yes. and that's really what you've got to do to be coach of the year. You've you've got to make these media guys. You've got to convince them that they did something more than what they should have done given what they had to work with. And they need to be a contender. Of they course. they got to be able to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. So, all right, let's get into your quarterback rankings. And, man, this is uh, – where did you have Mahomes, the gap between Mahomes and number two preseason, and where have you moved it to now? Yeah, it was – it's the same. So he's two and a half points better than the number two quarterback. I, I've lowered Mahomes half a point, but I lowered um, Rodgers and Wilson half a point also. What, um, what's the, uh, the, the logic behind dropping Aaron Rodgers at this point? Mm, his, his QBR is eight, and, and it's, obviously it was one last year. So he looks to be a top ten quarterback – not an super elite quarterback year to date. I would argue that after the Saints game, which week one, if you had said there was a week that Rodgers was going to be terrible this season, I would have said it's week one because mm. of his offseason. Since that game, I don't know if there's been anyone even close to as good as him at quarterback. Like, I, 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 I would will... you feel differently if the idiot kicker had made one of the field goals for the Bengals? <sighs> Maybe. But, Twenty-two but, points put God. up against the Bengals. But you could also argue that the, I mean, the the idiot Packers, you know, kicking on third down when they basically just threw first and second down out the window, like they were playing for the field goal the whole time. Isn't that on the quarterback? You think Peyton Manning would would put up with that nonsense? I mean, I I don't know how much. Well, Peyton Manning was his often he was his own offensive coordinator. Well, I, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. It, Matt LaFleur is a, a a real head coach who is actually calling some plays. Aaron Rodgers gets to call the plays. Uh, but I think in in game game theory situations like that, I don't know how much say he has. It's it's run some clock. He's Aaron Rodgers. He can do whatever he wants. Maybe so. Uh, but I, I feel like that was that was a poor situation all around. But yeah, I, I could see your point. If they lost that game, maybe I don't feel that way. But man, I still am ranked number two. I know. I, I know, mean, but, so. But what we've also seen Patrick Mahomes throw more interceptions through five games than he did all of last season. It's number one in QBR. Is it possible that Patrick Mahomes ends up with 20 interceptions on the year? No. It's impossible? It's unlikely. Because think about this as bad as their defense is, they're going to be in some shootouts. He's going to be winging the ball around. I th I think that there is a good possibility he could have a a, a real All right, fine if usage is he has to throw fifty times a game 
Yes, he could. And he might. And, but, but his interception rate still won't be spiked to unprecedented terms. Now, that, okay? that is fair. Uh, who are the quarterbacks that you've upgraded the most through this season? And I, let me just say one name, and I'm surprised that he's as low as he is on your list. Well, I shouldn't even say that because I guess you have a, a bunch of guys piled here. So number nine really being the same as number four. But Justin Herbert's really impressed me with what he's done so far this year. Yeah, and I'm much more reluctant to upgrade a quarterback based on a sample size of five than a team. But I think I had Herbert right um, when, the, when the season started, right about an average quarterback, and that was a mistake. And now I've got him two points better than average, and people are like, oh, he's number nine on your list. You know, I've got Murray and Stafford and Josh Allen above him and Prescott and Brady. Guess what? All, all those guys are ranked Two points better than average quarterback. So another half-point upgrade. I'm, I'm, let me put this way. If I upgrade Herbert six-tenths of a point more, he's the number two quarterback in the NFL. So somebody had to be ninth, and whoever I put ninth, there would be an uproar that Murray or Josh Allen or Dak Prescott can't possibly be ninth. So who have you upgraded the most over the course of this season? I'll tell you a guy who I see here that I feel like maybe you've bumped since the season began. Is, is Matt Ryan, has he started to have you started to come around some on Matt no, Ryan or is he right where you started him? He's still slightly below average. I, I I really haven't moved him at all. Mac Jones, I've got number twenty four, but I had him on the bottom of the barrel with the other rookie quarterbacks. So he's obviously um distinguished himself as the best of the rookie quarterbacks by a large margin. So he you know he's gotten a significant bump up um, Winston's an above average quarterback now in my numbers. I've got him half a point better than an average quarterback at number 14. So I put, I put him higher as well. Derek Carr, who he's got to be a tough guy to read because through three games, you were probably like, Oh man, maybe Derek Carr's got something and in the last two weeks. It's been like this Derek Carr. It's right back to where he was. Yeah. He's, he's number 13. And I will go back to Derek Carr does things that infuriate me as an analytics guy, specifically when it's fourth down, Derek Carr throws uncatchable balls at times. And any quarterback worth his salt that is savvy knows that, Mackenzie, you got an open receiver down the field. It's a long pass. It's fourth down. What do you do? Uh, find an open receiver that's closer to you? Or do you toss it? I'm, I'm not sure. You're, you're fired. Um, AJ Hoffman, what do you do? You're the quarterback. Now, what's my situation? You have, you, you, it, it, let, let, let me ask you both again. It's first down, yeah. all right? Okay. And you've got an open receiver. He's got a three-yard separation uh, against the defender, and it's, it's a long pass, like a 30-yard pass. I thought you said it was fourth down. It's first down. That's what I'm saying. How do you, how do yeah. you, how you, is you it different? It. First down versus fourth down. What's the difference? Or is there one? The success rate is more important on fourth down. The EPA is more important on first down. Yes, and because of that, you underthrow the receiver. On fourth down, you purposely don't try to hit him on stride because you know if you— Maximize the opportunity for him to catch it or for a penalty. I like that's that. That's right. And if you grossly underthrow it, it's just going to be pass interference if he's wide open. How often—in fact, I would argue that's the best pass to massively <laughs> underthrow a wide-open guy deep. And what does Carr do with the game on the line? He's got Edwards wide open, needs it like blood— airmails at five yards over his head. head. And it's just like you cannot complete a pass, and you're not going to get pass interference either when (laughs) poor receiver is clearly not going to catch up to the ball. It is just such an egregious mistake, and it just shows a complete lack of awareness of the situations. And I've seen Carr do this before. I see him throw the ball out of the end zone on fourth downs. He is not savvy when it comes to those things. So I see this in your notes, and it it impacted the way that I played this game, and I've, I've already got a bet in. This is one of the few NFL bets that I got in uh, yesterday. Uh, the weather 
for this Arizona-Cleveland game, you think there could be a real impact in how this game's played? Yeah, so my first kind of levels of handicapping is like, well, who's better? Let me take a look, because Cleveland was laying two and a half, now they're laying three. And if I look at my power ratings, I go ahead, power ratings. There they are. I got them, I got them. Uh, Cleveland's my number five team. And they're four and a half points better than average. And Arizona's four points better than average. Perfect. Two points for home field, two and a half. That's what the line was. But now it's three. And I got to tell you, a lot to like about Cleveland here. 20 to 30 mile an hour wins. And that's obviously going to benefit the power rushing team in Cleveland. It's going to hurt a team like Arizona that's more... Uh, I don't want to call them a finesse team, but certainly, you know, a passing team and and um, a quarterback that should benefit from a fast track from when he does run. The quarterback for Arizona, Murray, did get banged up against San Francisco. They took some cheap shots on him, I heard, to, um, well, some hard hits on him. Um, but the 20, 30-mile-an-hour wins magnifies in Cleveland's favor here because they played eight home games last year. Three of them were in windy conditions. So... Here's a situation where Cleveland absolutely has gotten to face those conditions just in the recent past. Not a lot of um, Arizona windy games at home, so that certainly favors Cleveland. And if those games are anything like they were in those three weeks last year, you have to be looking at the under as well, right? Especially the totals at 49 right now, so it's not even like you're paying some sort of bad weather tax yet. And it may be early enough in the week you can get at it that way, right? Open 53 53 and a half down to 49 and a half. I think it closes 47. And what was the the Chubb game that Cleveland won 10 7 where he ran out of bounds yeah. at the one yard line? We, I mean, we, we could see something like that. So is there a, a, a buy price where you'd say, okay, this is as, as low as I'll go on the total? No, because it, it depends <laughs> on the weather forecast. Yeah. You know, if the, if, the, if, the, if the winds are at 18 miles an hour, I wouldn't go past 49. If we get 25-mile-an-hour winds, it's it's so leveraged. And especially if I get a wind that's a crosswind, not a tailwind, you know, that's even better for the under. Let's talk about the importance of having outs. And if you've, if you've only got one book, it, it makes it that much more difficult to win. How many – I mean, I know you've got a lot more outs than the average better. Uh, and probably a few less than you'd like to have these days. But what's the what's the I guess the sweet spot? What's the number that's ideal for the the average better? The more the better. You know, you just you 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 can't you can't have enough. But I can tell you what, having the right outs matters a lot. If you if you have a book that deals numbers that other people don't deal, the obvious is the reduced vig. So if you get a book at minus one hundred five or minus one hundred seven, some books out there still have it here locally at the Westgate. You should go over there tomorrow. They have minus 105 on sides, college, and NFL. So you can you can bet minus 105 in Vegas on Thursday at, at the Westgate. But just, um, you know, as an example, I typically oftentimes makes a difference between making a bet and not making a bet. I'm driving over here. I don't know if Jones is going to play for the Giants. It looks like he might, even though he didn't practice today. If I can get Jones in 10, that's, that's incredibly good. And the line's 9.5. And... One casino, station casinos, had a 10. So I stopped in, and I bet the plus 10. Just having that out makes all the difference in the world. It's like playing with almost no vig at all when the market is 9.5, and I can play plus 10, minus $1. ten. That's like playing plus 9.5, lay 101. All right, let's talk about an uncomfortable subject and how to deal with a bad run. And obviously, I mean, hell, I, I think last week on the Week 5 Dream Preview, 
there was a chance for a lot of happiness or a lot of blood because all of us were pretty well aligned. We all liked sort of the same sides. Uh, there was more crossover in our picks than we'd ever had. And I think the week before, we'd had the most crossfires that mm -hmm. we'd ever had. So last week, we were all in agreement, and it went really poorly. And this week, if you if you turn on the radio, especially out here in Vegas, where for some reason the the, the local radio shows love to have bookies on their radio station like the, the and i guess maybe it's a, a marketing deal with the casinos but yeah it's all about the the cash but they're like oh it looks like you guys had a rough week and it, i mean this was a week where the the casinos are boohooing and crying because they lost some money to to people like us well not people like us but to uh, other people which means that maybe the the sides that that were the sharp sides ended up not being sharp this week. So I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of sharp people lost some money this week. I How think the you... San Francisco game in that particular was, was one where we were all on it. We played them first quarter. We played them game. And you know what? I'm having watched the game. It's a bet I'd make again. What's troubling is the bet that we made on Miami, you know, plus 10 when the line closes 11. I, when you make a bet and you get, the worst number at close, that's always troubling. And then it turns out to be the wrong side. So I think you you definitely should go back and reassess where you had the right side, maybe where you had the wrong side and the like. But the one thing I really emphasize, I hear this all the time, after, if you're having a bad week, and just by example, year to date, um, I was up 74 units. Now I'm up 57 units. Well, that means somewhere along the lines, I've dropped 17 units. Yeah. All right. And I'm 57% in college, 57% in the NFL. And I was above 60%. So obviously, you know, I had a bad week, bad 10 days. And the the wrong approach, I hear this all the time, is, well, clear your head, take some time off. Imagine you just, I always use that example, you failed a chemistry midterm. Oh, let's, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me road trip it like, um, um, Animal House. Let's go. Let's go use my brother-in-law's car and go up to Wisconsin or something. No, go to the library, study more. Now I get it. If you're sleep deprivated and you're a walking zombie, you know maybe work out and get some rest. But don't just like, oh, I'm just going to go and like watch Breaking Bad series one through four instead of like just doing your work. It's done. No, no, you know, it, it, a poker player is going to have losing sessions. As is a sports better. Keep doing the work. Work hard. Don't run yourself into the ground because that can be a problem and can hurt your critical thinking. But um, just you know, outwork everybody and things will be fine. Well, great news for guys like you who bet for a living. All this time you're putting into football right now, you're about to have hockey and basketball inserted into the mix. So what what are you what are you seeing for the NBA as we get close to that time of year? Do you have some uh, some win totals you want to attack early in the season? No. But it oh. still benefits. Okay, me. I, I, and the reason I brought it up and on the dream pod, I do have a list. I'll, I'll list out off the t the top teams on season wins because I'm always interested. I do think before the season starts, it's a good idea to just this gives you a snapshot of what the market says the best teams are going to be over the course of the year. The reason it's great that hockey and NBA and college basketball start it distracts the bookmaker and it distracts the betters. So some of the sharpest betters in the world. Well, they're betting football right now because, you know, that's the only thing really to bet other than tennis and golf and 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 and, and, and things. So there are certainly some groups, and I know of them, that when college basketball starts, they stop betting football completely. 
because college basketball is more profitable. Mm -hmm. So they'll go and just devote all their time. They can't do everything at once. Some of them do. And they'll focus on college basketball. And getting them out of the mix is good because when they're in the mix and everybody's in the pool together, what happens? Well, when the story becomes clear that Cleveland minus two and a half is the right side, boom, it's gone. Everyone bets it immediately, and you blink, and it's three, and you can't lay two and a half anymore. When if that happened in December, you probably could get Cleveland minus two and a half for a lot longer period of time. You get word on props that, to use an example, looks like AJ Dillon's going to get a whole lot more carries uh, for Green Bay. Um, so you can you've got longer to bet AJ Dillon over, but now with no basketball to distract everybody, the word the memo goes out faster, and now you got to play AJ Dillon over. 33 rush yards instead of over 26 rush yards or whatever the opener was. So that that certainly, it makes it easier for everyone. The more product is out there. Um, let's talk teams at the very top. Brooklyn, uh, they're getting bet down, but they're still at uh, 55 would be the average season win number. Um, they're at the very top of the list. Utah in the West, no one would want to bet Utah to win the championship, but Regular season, they're bullies. Hey, they got that altitude. Yeah. Team Teams make business decisions. Uh, back-to-back in Utah will rest everybody. 53-and-a-half. Phoenix, 51-and-a-half. Lakers, 51-and-a-half. So you've got four teams that are lined above 50. Oh, excuse me, Milwaukee. Excuse me, the Bucks. We always overlook the Bucks. So that's the defending champs, you mean? That, that, that makes sense. They're 54-and-a-half. So... Um, and in prior years, the Bucks, of course, were bullies during the regular season. That sure looks low to me. Mackenzie, you play the Bucks over 54 and a half? I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I'll tell you one that jumps out to me. I, I, I'd probably like the Nets under. Uh, it, it, with no Kyrie Irving, at least for the foreseeable future, the fact that they're saying that they're not going to let him play road games only or something like that. You know what's interesting about that? is that we might see him because based upon the latest numbers that I saw, country peaked at 160,000 cases, uh, local maximum. Mm -hmm. It was, I think, during the height of the pandemic, like in January, might have been 300,000, but it was 160,000. And the latest numbers around 80,000. So just in the past, like six weeks, it's, it's halved. If that number drops below by, by another 50%, we're going to get a point where all these mandates, these regional rules... They're going to start to go go away, and the and the country's going to reopen. So that may that could well happen as early as um, Thanksgiving. It could it could happen. Okay, because it feels like if he's not going to play, and you've got a guy in Kevin Durant whose health is hit or miss, then you're basically saying you could play a good chunk of the. And James Harden's always healthy, but you could play a good chunk of the season. James Harden's always healthy. Well, I mean, he, the whole time he was in Houston, he played. I mean, there. I guess last year he didn't. He didn't play a full season. It seems but, like in the playoffs, he's always banged up. Always in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, but uh, it, it seems like just him and a team that's not very good after those big three may be tough for them for them to get to fifty five wins. But if if you're saying that Kyrie Irving's likely to be available most of the season, but that's also even Kyrie Irving, two out of those three guys are very healthy question marks, you know, when it comes to if they're going to be on the court or not. They were still pretty good, though, right, when they just played with Harden for a while? and oh, Well, I mean, listen, Harden carried a, a Rockets team that had almost nothing else mm-hmm. and kept them relevant every year. He can do that if, if he's got to, but 55, that's a, that's a big number. Yes, and it will be interesting to see with the full schedule of the 82 games now this year whether there'll be more, more and more of the business decisions and 
and you know players opting out and the like and um you know that's un- certainly unfortunate for the fans and what goes on i i will say i don't want to get anyone mad at me all right i'm i'm extremely pro vax all right however if i was 30 years old and i was like the most pro vax person in the world and you told me i'm paying you millions of dollars and the organization does not want you to get vaccinated i would contemplate it for like 10 seconds Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, so the fact that I am like, I think like in the five standard deviations pro vax that I could say, "All right, I won't get the shot." I'm you know, just an observation that it's curious that folks on the other side are that adamant, you know, in the other way that they won't that, you know, they, that, that they won't flop their position just to do what the corporation tells them to do. Um, it's admirable that they're sticking to their standards, but I guess maybe my standards just aren't they're not as high as those guys. Yes, yes. It shows yeah. that, that, that my 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 intrinsic beliefs are not, you know, as um, I don't know what the word. I don't have as much integrity in my intrinsic right. beliefs. Uh, one thing to remember with those it, those win totals, if you look at last season's win totals, you might go, oh, only two teams won fifty games last year. Important to remember, they only played seventy two games last year. Instead of eighty-two. Oh, you know that's a great point, and also check the fine print. Make sure if that you don't have like you don't play like a middle and play like an over fifty and an under fifty-one and a half, which has a tiny edge. And then one book says they have to play all eighty-two games, and another book says nope, eighty's fine because then obviously that could train wreck your middle. Not to mention you know. As, I mean, certainly a team could miss a week, I guess, you know, towards the end of the year. Although, based upon what I just said about the latest projections, I don't foresee that happening. Um, caveat, maybe an Epsilon comes in behind Delta. That would be the only thing I, that I could see that could change my the latest projections that I see out there. What's the win total? There's a couple teams I'm curious, and I'm sure we're getting inflated win totals on these two teams, but I'm going to ask about them anyway because... They're the teams that I'm sure people will want to see do well this year. One is Dallas. Obviously, Luka's a star now, maybe becoming may, maybe the biggest star in the NBA. What's their season win total? 47 and a half. Not okay. that high. It's not that. They won 42 last year in a 72 game, so that, that seems about fair. The other one I was curious about, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, you know, in first blush, this looks high to me, 48 and a half to 49. I was a little surprised it was that high. So. Okay. And they won 39 last year, and we all know the the woes that they've had from a health standpoint. But, again, who knows if they're going to be all healthy this year. It appears now Clay Thompson, as good as he is when he's on the floor, this is a couple years now that he's just not there. You know, I think we can handicap every single one of these saying, you know, if the team stays healthy, they're going to go over. It's it's that easy, you well, know. It sounds like I'd want to play a lot more unders than overs. Then, yes, is, is the way I would look at it. All right, Fez. As always, great having you in here. Appreciate you taking this time. Thank you t- uh, to the audience for listening. We will be back next week with another Fezic Focus, and we will be back the next. The, if you subscribe, as discussed earlier in this show. The next thing in your feed is going to be the dream preview that we'll be doing later on tonight. It'll be in in your feed tomorrow morning. Thanks, McKenzie. Thanks, Brad. We'll talk to you guys later.